Welcome back, everybody, to the Educational AD Podcast and our flashback countdown of our top 20 uh, episodes, uh, top 20 all-time for downloads. Coming in at number seven is our 2022 interview with Chuck Sennett. Chuck's the athletic director at Miami Country Day, a longtime friend, I've known him over 20 years uh, and just a great interview, uh, a wealth of information. Um, sit back and relax. Uh, before we get started, we do want to give a shout out to all of our current sponsors. Once again, these are companies I used as an athletic director. You should be using them too. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing. Go to hometownticketing.com. We want to thank Gipper. Uh, go to gipper.com. Start creating uh, professional grade social media posts. Want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Uh, they they have a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Want to thank SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com. Hands down, the best online fundraiser out there. We'd like to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Want to say thank you to Home Campus, the official high school and state association management platform for us. Go to homecampus.com to get started. I want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack, and we want to say thanks to our good friends at Huddle. Go to huddle.com. Thanks as always for listening. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy this. It's Chuck Sennett coming in at number seven all time on the Educational AD Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our two podcast partners, We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. These are two great organizations that you really need to be a part of. That's the Global Community of Women in High School Sports and We Coach. And now let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables uh, not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. We want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. They've got a great collection of uh, touchscreen consoles and a library of templates that can help you recognize the athletic achievements of your students. If you're looking for a great way to display your school record boards or your Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. We want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and see how your school can become a Huddle school. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but as an AD, our, uh, we were a Huddle school and our coaches just love the Smart cameras, the mobile apps, of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Go to huddle.com and see how your school can become a huddle school. We want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. Go to gipper.com and tell them you heard about it on the podcast and use the podcast code ADPOD10. That's ADPOD10 and get 10% off. Start creating custom content for your school's social media channels on gipper.com. 
We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect, collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic Sur Surveys by Lifetrack also allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes and maybe find out about a, a small issue that you can address and keep it from turning into a big issue. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. They'll show you how to uh, scan the attendees and collect the revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to set up and sell tickets for things like dances, plays, concerts, even graduation. That's hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration. But there's so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders. They can help your coaches. And they can help you as an athletic director with things like eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. Go to finalforms.com slash Jake for more information. That's finalforms.com slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. And we want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to onsnap.com. That's onsnap.com. And check out their platform, which is designed simply to help athletic directors. They've got several different aspects. Snap Raise is the fundraising platform. Our coaches have used it and raised thousands and thousands of dollars. Snap Spend is their money management platform. Snap Store allows you to order custom gear for fans or supporters or teams. Snap Manage will actually build a custom website for your athletic department. And Snap Connect is their multilingual family engagement and communication platform that helps you support every family member in your community. To find out more, go to onsnap.com, that's onsnap.com, or reach out to your local Snap Mobile representative. That's onsnap.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. We truly have an old friend on the show today. Uh, when I came to Florida um, well over 20 years ago, uh, the school I was at, one of our very first contests was with Miami Country Day School, and I had a chance to very briefly meet their AD, who I got to know uh, much better uh, over the next uh, 14, 15 years. Uh, our guest today is Chuck Sennett, and he's the uh, longtime athletic director at Miami Country Day, very active at our state uh, level. He's been on a number of uh, state association committees. Uh, he and I are actually on uh, a panel uh, that's going to be uh, presenting at the uh, Florida Council on Independent Schools later this week. But uh, let's meet our guest, uh, Chuck Sennett. Welcome to the podcast. Jake, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting uh, reacquainted this week coming up at, at FCIS, along with Mike and some others that will be sitting on the panel with us. But thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I'm honored to be here today. 
Oh, well, well, absolutely. Uh, again, I already kind of alluded to, you know, our relationship goes way back, but it's been, uh, gosh, a good, uh, I think, six, seven, maybe even eight years since uh, we've seen each other. So just uh, like you said, I'm, I'm glad for the chance to reconnect. Let's go and get started. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that Chuck Senate origin story, where you were born, where you grew up, went to school, maybe take us up through the college years, and then we'll talk about your uh, your early career. Well, uh, I was born born and raised in a small town outside Pittsburgh, about 17 miles outside, called Lower Burl, Pennsylvania. I uh, grew up playing baseball, basketball, and a little bit of football there as well. Um, participated in all three of those sports in high school. Uh, baseball was my main sport, something that I really had a passion for and, and still do to this day. I was fortunate enough to, after... Uh, Graduating in 1985 from from Burl High School, I went on to play baseball at Barry University. That's kind of how I, I made my way to Miami. I, I grew up in a, a little steel town. Uh, my entire family uh, it has worked in a steel mill in some capacity for most of their life, and I was ready for a different opportunity. So when I had an opportunity to play baseball at Barry, I jumped on it, came down here. They were a relatively new program uh, in their second year and had an opportunity to start there for four years. I played second base, um, made some of my best friends that I still have today from that university. I think Barry is one of those schools that goes uh, overlooked at times. They don't realize what a great competitor they are at Division II. Uh, as a matter of fact, their boys soccer team just won conference and they're getting ready to, to host a conference tournament. They have 28 or 29 national championships. So it's a great school. And and then when I when I finished my career there, um, I wandered about a, uh, less than a mile away to Miami Country Day School. I started out as a substitute teacher, um, started teaching math and, and coaching football. You and I coached uh, a couple of years of football against each other. It was my passion coming in was football and baseball, and, and I was a football coach on and off here for 15 years. And then uh, eventually worked my way up the, the system, uh, taught math for 10 years. I was seventh grade team leader, which is an interdisciplinary leadership position uh, for a few years. Uh, went for the position of dean of students and was upper school dean of students for three years. And then unfortunately, our athletic director, Sandra Kennis, who I think you, you may have known at some point, uh, Sandra had cancer and passed away. Um, while I was dean. So we opened up the search. Uh, it, being an athletic director is always something I had a passion for. I was her associate AD for years. And uh, the, with the school uh, did a national search and I was lucky enough to be offered the position. So this is my 20th year. I love it as much today as I did 20 years ago. Um, every, every year is a new challenge, as you know, every year is, is something uh, uh, challenging and, and fresh and, and fun. But I really do love this position as much now as I did uh, when I started and uh, look forward to working with our our kids who are special and our coaches every day. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that uh, that story. Um, our regular listeners hear me say this all the time. I just love listening to the journeys and the various steps that uh, that occur uh, on, on each of our paths. Um you and I, again, uh, we, we've known each other for a number of years. Uh, you know, there was my time uh, when I first moved to Florida. I was at Coral Springs Christian. I was the AD and the head football coach. 
and I think we played each other in, in football, definitely, but in a lot of sports on a regular basis. Then I moved down to, uh, you know, your neck of the woods, I think even further south uh, when I was at Palmer Trinity, just as the AD. And again, our schools were regular, um, regularly competed against each other. And I, I always felt, you know, whether it was you or I or, or our coaches that we were supervising, that it was a good um, you know, rivalry, you know, it was competitive. Uh, but I think the coaches respected each other. The kids respected each other. Uh, what are your memories? Uh, hopefully they're the same, but what are your memories of those days? Absolutely the same. Every time we played, uh, Coral Springs Christian and then Palmer Trinity, uh, I, I always felt like it brought the best out of our, our kids, our teams, your coaching staffs, and, and you as a coach were always well-prepared. And, and I felt like at times we were too, um, you know, we we don't take anything for granted. Competition, every competition we go into, we we really try to prepare for and and try to do the best. Uh, sportsmanship is the most important thing that that we have here as as a program. Of course, winning championships is great. We've won a few over the years, which is fantastic. But it's all about the kids doing things the right way. And you know, you and all the places that you've been, and, and we try to do the same thing here. It, it's about how you prep, but it's about how you um, manage yourself and how you really control your teams and the tempo and sportsmanship that that is largely important to us. You know, that's changed over time. There there are a lot of schools at times that have lost sight with, with the sportsmanship piece, and it becomes a, a lot of win at all costs. And, and you know, it's a challenge to always bring kids and coaches back to why are we competing? We're competing because we want men and women to have great experience, to learn how to overcome obstacles, to be good when they win and to be good when they lose. And just to to make sure that they compete uh, the right way. And, you know, I, I, that's why I've stayed at Country Day for as long as this is my 32nd year being here. Um, we have support from above that that's our message, that it's not win at all costs, although winning is great. We want to make sure we do things the right way. Yeah, and that's a great point. Having the support of, uh, you know, the upper administration, the board, the community on, you know, this is how we roll. This is how we're going to present ourselves to the community. You know, very cool stuff. For our listeners, our guest today is Chuck Sennett. He's the longtime athletic director at Miami Country Day School, uh, obviously in Miami, Florida. We're going to take our first break, but we'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And if you go to hometownticketing.com, they're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. They'll show you how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to sell tickets online for things like school dances, your school plays and concerts, even graduation. That's hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor scoring tables and video boards. We've got a Sideline Interactive indoor scoring table in our gym, and it's just fantastic. Uh, we use it for home games, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just fantastic. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and set up a live web demo to see their tables and boards in action. 
You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Chuck Sennett. He's the athletic director at Miami Country Day School here in Florida. Chuck, we always like to ask our guests to share a little bit about the mentors that they've had in their life. Uh, none of us get to where we're at on our own. So who are some of the people that have helped you along the way? I've been lucky. I've had so many. I've had so many great coaches over the years, whether it be youth sports or high school and, and college sports. But my uh, the one, one uh, thing I did competitively, we played a lot of Legion ball, which is a summer league program, and we traveled all over. Uh, we played 65 games a year and traveled to West, uh, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Uh, I had two coaches. One was uh, Bill Hess and Jim Ross. They were my head coach for Legion and my head coach for baseball, and they were just tremendous people that just really modeled excellence uh, on and off the field. They, they demanded a lot. Uh, they didn't let anyone get away with not performing at their highest level, but just the way that they conducted themselves in the business world and themselves as a coach and 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 really guided me and, and many others through the process of being, you know, a good person and a good human. And even beyond my playing years, he came down, both of them, and, and they watched me play in college and they followed up. We had four of us that ended up coming to Miami to play out of our high school, two played at Miami-Dade and, and another buddy of mine played at Barry. And they would come down two, three times a year just to see us play. And um, to, to see them follow up with me as a person over time was was huge. Sandra Kenna, our, our former athletic director, was another great mentor for me. She got me involved in the athletic program very early. I was a head baseball coach at 23 and a head football coach at 25, which doesn't happen very often. She supported me in, in everything that, that I tried to do, um, kept me in line when I needed to, to be kept in line because we all do, um, you know, stumble along the way. But she was just such a, a fantastic mentor. She she had been that woman athletic director in the 80s and, and had gone through a lot of different obstacles that she had to really burst through. And she made sure that she guided me through a process that I was excited about being a part of. Uh, and others, you know, my my college baseball coach, Bruce Barkley, was someone that really believed in me and, and gave me an opportunity to start as a freshman and 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 to build on that. I still stay in touch with Mike Cavone, Cavone who's the athletic director at Barry, and, and we speak frequently. And I think Mike's done a, an amazing job. And then finally, my my head of school for many years and my middle school director, John, John Davies, has been someone that has always been there um, through good and bad. He hired me as a substitute teacher and took a chance on someone who who really had no math teaching background and, and made sure that he put me with the right people to be successful. And, and along the years was just there every step of the way until he retired four years ago as our head of school. So I've had so many of them. Um, and I still do today. There are a lot of athletic directors, um, older, younger in, in, in the state that I stay in touch with on a regular basis. We, we have our Palm league, which is 10 schools that, that we compete in every sport with. And all of those athletic directors are close friends of mine that I lean on from time to time when I have questions. Um, it's the only way that we made it through the COVID times were to 
to pick each other's brains and, and to reach out when we didn't have an answer and to try to collaborate and come up with procedures and protocols. And, and those friendships over the, the last three years are, are, are here. Um, and then last but not least, a, a name that you know that you know, Ed Reagan is someone that was at Florida Christian for many years, finally ended up retiring this past year. But he has been kind of that not only a mentor, but just a friend and and someone that, especially early on when I was young and didn't have answers, I could call him and and he really would help uh, me get through the process. So there, as you know, being an athletic director, there are so many people that you need to collaborate with on a daily basis. Whether whether we remain friends over the years, we we have great working relationships, and and there are so many throughout the state that I really enjoy working with. Yeah, again, I really uh, uh, appreciate you sharing all that. And the comment you made about you know your middle school head, uh, you know. Uh, putting you in a position to be successful. That's exactly what coaches do with kids, you know, is, is they try to, you know, find out where that best fit is, you know, great stuff. Um, Chuck, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What are some things that you do at Miami country day that you're particularly proud of? And I know there's, there's, there should be a ton because uh, I re remember your programs, um, you know, maybe things that uh, you do with coaches or kids, but uh, what are some best practices that you can share with our listeners? We have a lot. Uh, one thing we do through the hiring process is we obviously try to find someone who's well-rounded, who uh, who fits the whole child philosophy and, and who really believes in our mission statement. And obviously anyone that we can get on campus full-time helps because they're a part of our community every day, but, but really starting with that process we we really try to spend as much time as we can with our coaches to support them and and to make sure they're successful but we really as a staff i i have a great staff i'm lucky that i have uh, a middle school athletic director an associate athletic director we have um two athletic trainers we have two assistant athletic directors we have an office manager we have a strength and conditioning coach. So we have a good staff that really allows coaches to be coaches. We set up for all the events. We take care of all the filming. We take care of paying officials. We, we try to do as much as we can from an administrative standpoint. So our coaches can really focus on coaching the young men and women that they're, they're with. Um, we're big on not in interrupting practices, practices time for these teams to get ready and, to do what they need to do, but we really try to spend time outside of that, making sure all of our coaches have the tools necessary to be successful. And with some of that, it's just taking things off their plate and making sure that we control them so they don't have to worry about it. Another thing that we changed about 10 years ago, we have a director that sees each program from grade six to grade 12. And I, I think it's important for all head coaches to have input, have say on hiring on how programs are are being put together from a middle school standpoint and so all of our coaches whether it's soccer basketball baseball etc they have control of our programs grades 6 through 12. Um, some coach both teams some just mentor and, and oversee it and, and help get to know the kids and the families as they come up but we do have a director of each program that's responsible for really overseeing along with my staff the day-to-day -day operations of, of each and and it's something that we've been successful with 
another thing that we've tried to do that I'm proud of is, is we pay our coaches hourly. Um, many, many schools over time pay stipends. We pay coaches hourly. They get paid X amount of money. They, they, they punch in. But what that does is it creates an opportunity for coaches who really put the time in to make more money. Who, if they're putting the time in to watch film and scout and, and, and be there with their kids and, and really are trying to build a program and, and they're putting that additional time in, we make sure they're compensated for it. And it's something that we've done now for seven years. It's been successful. We don't have issues with our coaches not being able to make practice. They're here every day. Um, and we have big staffs. We have four coaches on a middle school soccer team. We have five coaches on a high school team. We, we want to make sure that even those kids who aren't getting playing time right away are getting developed in practice so that they are ready to be successful when called upon. Because, you know, as well as I do, injuries happen. Um, kids get sick, especially during COVID. And that young man or woman who who is in this behind the scenes who might be a third strainer at some point is going to end up being your starter. And we need to make sure that we prepare them in practice. So when it's their time, they're ready. So we, you know, we, we have a great facility. It's something that we look at trying to get more of because we do have a lot of teams, but we make sure that we spend time in our practices, developing kids to the best of their ability. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, but uh, when we come back, I want to follow up uh, with a couple of things you said. Really uh, some interesting, uh, you know, things that you shared. Very cool. For our listeners, uh, our guest is Chuck Sennett. He's the athletic director at Miami Country Day School here in Florida. We're going to take another break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank the good folks at Snap Rays for their support of the podcast. Go to onsnap.com, onsnap.com, to check out their entire platform. They've got a lot of different services, and they're all designed to help athletic directors do their job better and more easily. Uh, SnapRaise is their fundraising uh, platform. We use SnapRaise at our school, and it was just fantastic. Uh, our coaches you know, raised thousands and thousands of dollars using SnapRaise. SnapSpend is their secure uh, money management platform. Snap Store allows you to order spirit gear, team gear for all the people in your program. Snap Connect okay, is their secure multilingual family engagement and communication platform. And Snap Manage uh, is their website construction arm. Uh, they'll create an entire website for your athletic department. You can find it all at OnSnap dot com or reach out to your local snap mobile representative to get the support you need that's snap raise check them out today we also want to say thanks to vital signs wall of fame you know they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life if you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards or your school's hall of fame Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and take a look at their touchscreen video consoles and their library of templates. It'll help you recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present, while also showcasing your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. 
Chuck, uh, prior to the break, you were talking about you guys do, I'm going to say, a fairly unique way of compensating your coaches. Uh, you said maybe seven years ago you moved away from doing stipends to hourly compensation. The coaches literally, you know, punch a time clock. Um, how has that worked out for you? I guess financially, I'm curious, um, are you paying out more? Are you paying out less? Uh, has the quality of the coaching gone up? Um, how is that uh, why are you still doing it and nobody else is? How's that? Well, it was a budget hit at the beginning. We had we used to have, and, and we don't have it anymore, but we had an athletic steering committee that was comprised of seven board members, coaches, and citizens at large. And they were basically an oversight committee that were challenged with helping our athletic department move forward in any way we needed to. If we needed a new gym, they would help you know, get board support and, and help fundraise. If we needed, you know, a new pool, they were instrumental in 2000 of, of helping us build our new pool, of putting lights in, of getting AstroTurf field, et cetera. So once we build our facilities, the next thing they basically spoke to me about is what do we need now? And, and at that point, it's always compensation. You always want to be, especially as an independent school, uh, you want to you want to be attractive to new coaches coming in, whether they're teachers or whether they're outside people. Um, we want the best of the best to be able to come here. And and in my first 13 years, there were to, there were some issues with stipended coaches. You have some coaches on staff that may be there three days a week, and some that may be there six days a week, and they're getting paid the same. If you get a four thousand dollar stipend because you were gone for forty percent of the time, they're not giving that money back. So, we really looked at that. We talked about a bonus system. Do we give coaches bonuses if they win, if they advance in the playoffs, if they make it to the state championship, if they travel to tournaments? And we came up with this hourly rate that really does all of it. Um, it 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 provides incentives for for people to be at practice every day. Not that our coaches needed it. But but they know now that if they're not going to make practice, that they, they are going to lose some wages. Um, it provided a, a system to where as they were successful in advance, the, the bonuses were there because now you're getting paid a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks more than they would have um, just getting a stipend so that they're getting more for the longer they're they're coaching. For tournaments and trips and overnight trips, they're getting paid for travel. The minute you walk on a bus, you're getting paid till the minute you get off a bus. Or if you're on a trip, the minute you, you get the kids in bed and taped in their doors or whatever the process is. So there is incentive to to travel to be successful. Um, as, as you've mentioned and I've mentioned, hopefully that's something that's there for all of our coaches intrinsically. They want to be successful, but it's a little more incentive for them to make a little more money. And we have the ability to attract new coaches when when we give them an hourly rate and we tell them approximately what they're going to make per year it, it raises eyebrows and it keeps good coaches around because they know that's money that they're used to getting that they may not be able to get elsewhere so it's worked well for us um, our, our athletic steering committee was really and our board behind trying it um, and i don't know of another school we we've we've shared this with a lot of others um i don't know of another school that's currently doing it yeah uh, neither am i i'm not familiar with that uh, but it everything you mentioned makes sense uh, I, i'm guessing that's probably why more schools don't do it it just it makes too <laughs> much sense but uh very cool stuff that is definitely um 
uh, an FIAAA state conference workshop that's waiting to be presented, uh, or I dare say, uh, you know, one at the national conference. So uh, if your phone rings, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, it'll probably be because I recommended that to somebody. Um, let's go and move on to one of our talking points. Uh, this is one I heard on another podcast, and I thought it was just the greatest question in the world and was kicking myself for not uh, adding it to our repertoire. So you're actually the first uh, guest that we've asked this. What are some things that you mentioned you've been at Country Day now for 32 years. What are some things that you have learned from your student athletes or even from your coaches uh, in that time that, um, you know, whether it's an aha moment or a, a lifelong lesson, you know, what are a couple of things that really stick out for you in your career as the athletic director at Country Day? The great thing about this job is, is, and just being around kids and parents and other coaches is, is if you're not picking up and learning new things every day, um, then, then you're, you're stagnant. And it's always been important for me to try new things, um, to, and, and we do a variety of things from a buddy program, a, a writing program from our varsity kids down to third grade for them to be able to connect and write letters back and forth and, and invite them to games and, We've tried a variety of new things every year, and I, I think the thing I've always learned is is humility. Um, that that we we try things and we're successful with it, and we try things and we're not. And you know, we we've been innovative when it comes to hourly pay. We've tried to be innovative when it comes to having a director overseeing a program from grade six to grade uh, through twelve. We we've tried a variety of different things, and and frankly, some of them have worked really well. And some of them have not worked very well. Um, you know, it, it's, and I, what have I learned? We have our basketball coach, our girls basketball coach, uh, our first 75 years of existence, we had never won a state championship. And to, to be consistent and to be able to, to put ourselves in a position where we've won eight state championships in 10 years with girls basketball, our coach does the right thing every single day. And, and the message that he sends to his kids is, is, you know, when, when you get up, you, you, you put your shoes on a certain way, you eat breakfast a certain way. It's, it's a level of excellence that he demands throughout his program from the minute the kids wake up till the minute they go to bed. And, and that has brushed off into so many other of our programs that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's a new day and it's a new adventure. And, uh, a new way of doing things, but I, I've learned so many things from our kids over the years, probably more so when they come back as alumni. We we try to do a lot of alumni events. I've done an alumni baseball game every year now for the last 23. Uh, I've been lucky enough to coach baseball here for 32 years, and I know a lot of the kids that have come through the program, but last year we had 45 kids come back and play um, to see them come back with their families and and appreciate the school and, and, and see their coaches and their former head of school. And to me, that's what it's all about. It's about not only the, the memories of, of them growing up and being in high school, but it's being able to really spend time with our alumni that we've coached and impacted and, and learn from them and, and hear the stories that were great and horrible as they came through and, and, and just, the, the whole full circle realm of, of working with that is, is just something that, that I appreciate every day and I don't take for granted. Now, um, have you had, or I guess I should probably say how many uh, kids have you coached that you also coached their parents? 
So I currently have three on our baseball team. We've we've had probably 50 or 60 come through that that I've either coached their parents or maybe an uncle. Uh, we currently have three on our baseball team that I have. Uh, one one of the young men's dad was was my catcher on the 92 baseball team. Um, one of our seniors, I've coached two of his uncles. Um, so it's 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 interesting. I've also been lucky enough to coach. Uh, my brother-in-law is 34 years old. I coached him when he came here and graduated in 06. I coached my oldest son in baseball, Griffin. I, I've coached my youngest son, Tanner. I've had the opportunity to coach my own kids. And, and you know, some people have bad experience with that. It, it's been so memorable for me to be able to, as a coach, have those moments. Uh, I'm coach on the field and dad at home. And that's something we've always tried to stay with. So, you know, I've, I've again, it, it whether it's a, an unrelative or or seeing our alumni come back, I've just had so many great experiences. Wow. Um, very special stuff. Chuck, I should have done this in the previous segment, but I'm going to do it now. If one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit more, whether it's about the hourly uh, system or any of the, uh, the programs you have at Country Day, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? I think the best way to start is by email. Um, I, 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 I check my stuff regularly, but I would say by email, my email is Senate, my last name, S-E-N-N-E-T-T-C at MiamiCountryDay.org. Reach out anytime by email. And, and if we need to further the conversation, I'll, I'll give you a call and, and uh, uh, answer any questions that there may be. Okay. And we'll do that again at the end of the podcast, but, uh, uh, our guest today is Chuck Sennett from Miami Country Day. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thank you to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. Go to gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast and use the podcast code ADPOD10, that's ADPOD10, and get 10% off. Gipper.com will help you create custom-branded content for your school's social media channels. That's Gipper.com. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to Huddle.com. Huddle is how the world sees sports. Join over 200,000 teams who use Huddle to help their athletes play better. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. And as an athletic director, our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the mobile apps, the smart cameras. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Go to Huddle.com and you're going to find the tools to help your teams and your athletes improve, along with a complete solution for the challenges you face as an athletic director. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Go to Huddle.com and join the 6 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. That's Huddle.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Chuck, you and I were talking during the break, and, you know, you created something, uh, several somethings, uh, down in your area that, um, it, again, it's something that I've shared with athletic directors for years, but uh, share with our listeners what you've done uh, in the way of helping, you know, well, I'm not going to step on your toes. Uh, share what you and I were just talking about. 
I think one of the things I'm most proud about is the collaboration over the years with other athletic directors to put together um, different conferences for, for different reasons. Uh, we're a part of the South Florida Baseball Conference. And, you know, our baseball team is competitive, but we're not a state competitor. We're not going to win a state championship anytime soon. So we've gotten a bunch of light schools together to, to host a conference tournament. To, we, we play each team twice. We have a conference tournament at the end. We have a champion. We have first, second, third team, all conference players. We have scholar athletes. So it's a way to recognize our student athletes in a positive way. It's a way for us to provide competitive, uh, to, to be you know equitable when it comes to a competitive standpoint. And it really, at the end of the day, because some teams are are younger, get older, and they're more competitive, and some are not, it it, it changes. Our champion seems to change every year, and, and it, 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 it works. We do the same thing for softball. It's competitive. We also, uh, about 15 years ago, started a South Florida Middle School uh, Conference for all of our sports. And one of the reasons that we did it for middle school is that we felt like middle school always just ended. There's no championship. There's no tournament at the end that there was really that nothing that if you won your last game, you could celebrate. And so we have a 10 school South Florida middle school conference in Miami-Dade County. It's very competitive. Um, we have different schools win different championships throughout the year. So it's it's pretty equitable throughout. Um, but it's it's good. At the end of each season, we have a tournament. Uh, we're required to play each team at least once throughout the season. And then we have a tournament where we declare a champion and we celebrate all conference teams with that. So it really gives a little more purpose to our middle school teams as their season ends. And then uh, four years ago, we, uh, along with six, we had seven uh, initial schools that began the Palm League, and now we have 10. Uh, we've created a Palm League in, in Broward, uh, Miami-Dade and West Palm of 10 schools, uh, very good independent schools who have excellent athletic programs. And we do the same thing. We we compete with, we have a North and a South division. We compete with each person in our division once. We have two crossover games. And then we have a championship at the end of the season. And it's just great to see our kids compete uh, on all levels. And it's great to collaborate with some of the most fantastic athletic directors there are in the state to be able to see what they do each day, to, to be able to share issues, problems, solutions. Um, we know that at any time, any one of us can go to any of those other 10 ADs immediately and get help if needed. And it's just over time. It's not overworked with competitive equity but it's worked with collabor collaboration and, and friendships with other schools. When, when Ransom Everglades comes to Country Day, they know they're gonna be treated with respect. They know that there's not gonna be any issues with how we run our athletic department or how they're welcome on our campus. And we know that when we go to these schools in the conference, depending on which conference it is, it's the same. We just have that professional relationship with those schools that we know everything's gonna be fine. And, it's worked. I'm surprised more schools don't try to to find that um, that conference uh, to be able to compete in. But it's something I'm really most proud about and most proud to work with these schools. No, and again, I can speak from firsthand knowledge uh, when I was at Palmer Trinity how uh, effective, how positive. Those... It wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't have that. Um, those middle school uh, 
competitions, the regular season, you know, the tournaments were our kids loved them. Our parents loved them. Our coaches loved them. Um, and, you know, we've done the same thing at, at the high school level is try to create those conferences to make equitable competition. You know, you might get assigned to a, a state association district where you're really not that competitive, as you said, but by joining a conference and scheduling people that are like-minded, you can have some competitive games. And as you said, at the end of the season, recognize your kids, have an all-conference team, have a coach of the year, have a sportsmanship school of the year. Great, great stuff. We're going to do it um, a second time now, and then we're going to do it a third time, just in case somebody wasn't listening. Chuck, if somebody wants to get in touch and pick your brain about this or some of your other great ideas, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Uh, by my email. My email is Senate, my last name, S-E-N-N-E-T-T-C at MiamiCountryDay.org. This episode has been our best practices. Just great stuff. Uh, we need an extended uh, episode. We're going to be back with some more, but we got to take another break and recognize the sponsor. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thank you to Final Forms. Final Forms is the industry leader in forms and registration, but they are so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility, and they've got reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can also help your coaches with things like attendance and communication. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. Welcome back, everyone. We've been visiting with Chuck Sennett, the athletic director at Miami Country Day. He's been there 32 years we coached against each other. Our teams competed against each other. And it's great to be reconnecting after uh, a few years away. Chuck, one of our long uh, standing questions revolves around this idea of toughness. And it's kind of my question. A um, hundred years ago, when I was in high school, uh, our coaches would say things like, you know, come on, guys, you got to be tough. Or come on, Jake, you got to suck it up. And I think we kind of knew what they meant. And we did it um, since then. Uh, we have figured out much better ways to communicate with our student athletes, but I still feel that toughness is an important aspect of, of sports and of life. So here's my question. How can we help kids to develop toughness while also being aware of uh, the very real challenges that a Generation Z kid is experiencing today that I never had to go through? Uh, do you have any advice for us? You know, it's funny. It's, 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 you know, we, we battle that question and we also battle the opposite. Um, you know, and what I mean by the opposite is we, we have so many single sport athletes that, that play sports 12 months out of the year and, and they're beating their bodies up. And, you know, a lot of people are, are asking them, you know, go out, be tough. And we're actually scaling back a little bit and saying, you know, Make sure you understand your body. Make sure you're not pushing your body beyond limits of what they need to be pushed. And I guess either way you look at it, whether it's it's scaling back on physical toughness or or asking people to be more mentally tough, it's 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 knowing yourself and knowing your body. It's understanding that you can push yourself to a certain limit and and beyond at times, but 
make sure that you're working with our strength coach, our two athletic trainers, our coaching staff, that that you know your body well enough that you're not beating it up to a point where you're being injured. It's it's understanding the difference between an injury and being hurt. It's understanding how to play through, uh, you know, a non-injury situation when you are hurt and your body's beat up and 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 you can continue on and be mentally tough. But it's being a good teammate. It's it's knowing that that I've got to give it my all for the person next to me. But at the same time, I I have to know my body. And when I am injured and I do have professionals that are working with us, that if it's in the best interest of myself and 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 my team for me to maybe stay out, that, that that's something we do, too. And the only reason I, I bring that up, Jake, is so many so many times now in sports, I'm seeing kids be damaged goods. I'm seeing them overextend their bodies and overextend themselves. And they think they're being tough and they're not using their education and the people that are professionals to be able to make sure they're taking care of themselves. So there's that fine line of, of be tough and, 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 and be competitive. And then there's that critical point of let's make sure that we're doing what's responsible for our bodies. Yeah. You, you bring up uh, a ton of great points. Uh, the expression that you used, uh, you know, the difference between, or, and I don't think you said it this way, but um, these are my words, the difference between being hurt and being injured. Uh, I remember vividly, you know, as a football coach at Coral Springs Christian, you know, having that conversation, you know, uh, well, are you hurt or are you injured? Well, what's the difference? Okay. Well, if you're injured, you need to come out and we're going to take a look at you. But if you're hurt, Hey, everybody hurt, you know, you know, everybody, you know, has sore muscles or whatever it was, which was not, you know, the, the best thing I could have said to a student athlete, uh, professionals, you know, the people like us and our coaches that are on the front lines, you know, we've got to make sure that we're protecting our kids and making sure that their high school sports experience or their middle school sports experience is just the very best possible. Um, and that's why I think it's so important for us, you know, and, and a lot of programs have them, but for us to have our strength coach and our two athletic trainers work hand in hand with our staff, um, lead stretches, uh, help with rehab, really get to know the kids, you know, back, back when I started coaching, we didn't have an athletic trainer 32 years ago. So I had to be that person that would say, Hey, suck it up and get out there or no, you're injured. Now someone complains of something that's out of the ordinary. I can send them to our staff to be evaluated and they can be the ones that say, Nope, get, get back out there and, and compete or, Hey, let's take it easy. Let's, let's do some, some remedies here to get you back healthy so that this isn't a lingering issue. And, and I just think, you know, sports has evolved in, into a profession now much more than it had been on a high school or club level 32 years ago. And, and we, we need to be careful. We need to make sure that we take care of our student athletes. There, there are, um, you know, things that, that we just have to be responsible from a, a medical standpoint. And I can't be happier that we have three people on our team that actively take care of them. Yeah, having that trainer on staff is is key. It's no longer uh, a luxury. I mean, if you don't have a trainer, uh, it's not uh, if something's going to go wrong, it's when something's going to go wrong. So uh, great, great lesson. Chuck, this has just been so cool to uh, spend some time with you. It's, it's kind of been like a time machine going back uh, to those days um, that we uh, addressed, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up 
with the athletic director's toolbox. Now, uh, you certainly know your way around the world of athletics, but we're going to take a quick break, our last break, uh, and uh, give a shout out to Athletic Surveys, who sponsored this segment. But when we come back, we're going to ask Chuck Sennett to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but we're only going to let him put three things in their toolbox. So uh, let's take that break. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Chuck Sennett is going to put into his new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the athletic director toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. At the schools I've worked at, we use surveys for just about everything, for teachers, for coaches, for kids, and for parents. And the information that would come back was almost always positive. But the surveys also allowed that squeaky wheel parent to vent sometimes. And sometimes they'd share a small issue that you could end up addressing and keep it from turning into a big issue because you didn't know about it because you hadn't done a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting with Chuck Sennett, the longtime AD at Miami Country Day School here in Florida. Um, Chuck, um, you're getting ready to send out a brand new athletic director. What three tools, I'm only going to let you have three, are you going to put into their athletic director toolbox? All right. So the first, uh, it's not a tool, but the first instrument I would give them is a whistle. Um, and it, it's funny because we we talk in our administrative meetings, the symbol of a whistle and, and people think a whistle is just to, to motivate, get moving, but it, when you blow a whistle, a variety of things happens. It's a start, it's a stop, it's a it's a continuation, it's a pause. Um, and I think in, as being an athletic director, you need something to trigger all of that. As an, as an AD, there are times I need to get motivated and move. There are times I need to pause. There are times I need to stop. There are times I need to listen. And, and that whistle, as a coach, depending on how you blow it, has different meanings at different times. So I would I would start with a whistle. I would add an eraser. Because just when you think you have that perfect plan, it might fall apart and you need to start over. And, and I've done it from year one to year 20 as an athletic director that, that you, you vet and put time into doing something. And then you realize ah, it didn't work out quite the way we wanted to. And instead of throwing the paper away, you erase some parts of it and you just try to figure out and, and make it work at the end. And then I would say the last thing you have to have is a cell phone, not only from the communication standpoint, but in today's uh, social media uh, era of, of some of the social media outputs, I don't even know. I, I think it's important for athletic directors to be connected and understand Instagram and Snapchat and the variety of different things that are out there and be able to connect with kids and connect with people that uh, are going to be able to follow the program, be a part of the program, or eventually be a part of the community at some point. So my three would be a whistle, an eraser, and a cell phone. Um, 
we we've had um this is actually uh i think interview number 361 i'll have to go double check but i, I think we've had one other person they're actually an official and a coach that talked about a whistle in much the same way you did so that's a pretty unique one um cell phone and communication certainly you know one of our more popular ones we have never had anyone mention the eraser so we've got another original tool but the way you describe its use i think is just so uh important uh thanks so much for sharing and our regular listeners know all of those tools that chuck just shared they're going to be going into the third edition of the athletic director's toolbox which will be coming out probably in the summer of 2023. Chuck, so great to uh, spend some time, and I'm excited that we're going to be spending more time um, this coming week at the FCIS conference. We've done it twice. I think this is another first for us. Uh, we're going to give out your contact information a third time. One of our listeners wants to pick your brain, and listeners, I think you've got a great resource here. Um, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? Uh, get a hold of me by email. My email is senate, S-E-N-N-E-T-T-C, at miamicountryday.org. Okay. Chuck Sennett, thanks so much for sharing with us today. All the best uh, to you and the teams uh, moving forward. And um, uh, again, looking forward to seeing you later this week. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate it. For our listeners, uh, you know that the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.